0: In terms of taking the first step to becoming a speaker, it's really understanding that when you decide to talk about the important ideas, the important, what, what matters to you and that you can make a difference in the world, that's the first step. And once you understand that and really dig into that, then your fear will drop away. Your desire will overpower it and you'll find a way to get onto that stage.
1: Hey, it is Julie and welcome back. Now, today's guest is Trisha Brooke, an award-winning director, writer, and choreographer for theater, film, and television. In addition to her work in the entertainment industry, she applies her expertise to the art of public speaking. She's the executive producer of Speakers Who Dare, a TEDx producer, and she curates and hosts the Speaker Salon in New York City. The Big Talk is a podcast on iTunes and she directs and produces The Big Talk Over Dinner, which is a new TV series. Now, if you have ever feared public speaking or speaking in general, whether it's into your phone, for Instagram lives, or whatever it may be, then this episode is for you. Now, before we dive in, I've got to give a shout out to Amani, who is our amazing reviewer of the week, and she says, I have been listening to this podcast for at least a year, and I keep coming back. I love the variety of guests that Julie has on the show and the consistent message that's shared on a weekly basis. I am a male fan of the podcast and find immense value in everything that you share, as well as the great online community on Facebook. I have even added a few specific episodes to the curriculum I teach in college. Julie's previous work experience is what first caught my eye, and I definitely see how that carries over into the essence of the podcast. Thanks for all of your hard work and dedication to helping all of us grow. Amani, well, thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate the feedback. I'm so glad that you're a part of our amazing Facebook community and that you're finding so much value in that. Now, if you are not part of our amazing community yet, all you got to do is head over to facebook.com/groups forward slash the influencer podcast to be a part of this community and really start to connect with those other like-minded influencers out there. Now, of course, if you have not left us a review and you are someone who truly appreciates this podcast, I want to hear all about it. All you have to do is go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And I'll make sure to highlight that in an upcoming episode. I would also love if you would screenshot today's episode on your Instagram story and tag me and our guest at Trisha underscore Brooke, B-R-O-U-K and hashtag the influencer podcast to let us know that you're joining in today. As you know that I love to share those screenshots on my story too, and hear what your favorite moments were. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. I am super excited to be here. So I want to kind of share, you have quite the journey and just quite a phenomenal past and present when it comes to your business and what you've done. Um, I would love for you just to dive in and share with our audience, because I'm not going to be able to sum up all of your greatness (laughs) in in one sentence. Um, So share with us a little bit about how you got into The amazing work that you do with directing and just all of the your resume is phenomenal. Well,
0: thank you. I really appreciate that. It all started way back in Missouri. I am from a farm in Missouri and took dancing lessons and realized very early on that I was going to move to New York City and work with Barishnikov. And I did that. I moved to New York when I was 20 years old to pursue my career as a professional concert dancer. And along the way, realized that I didn't really want to wait tables in order to pay for my dance lessons and to pay for my life in New York City. So I started my very first business. It was a fitness company called Brook Moves. And from there, I realized that I knew how to lead people. I knew how to run a company. And when I went on tour with the dance companies that I was working with, I could actually make money while I was on the road because my consultants, my trainers were working for me. And what also what that did was it enabled me to maintain a really large client base because they always got trained. So anytime I went away, they were certainly being worked out by other people. So I realized early on that I loved creating a business. I loved creating a family. It enabled me to have my dance career and to pay for having a dance career. And once I was done dancing, I moved organically into writing and directing and choreographing. And I was able to produce my own shows and choreograph in film and television because I didn't have to rely on those jobs. I had a steady income with my fitness company. So it gave me the freedom to pursue my creative world. And it gave me the freedom financially to be able to choose the jobs that I wanted in terms of my artistic career. And then I organically moved into directing and writing. But what was really unique and surprising to me was this public speaking niche. Two years ago, Patrick Holber reached out to me, a very good friend of mine. She'd been to all my shows. So she knew what I did, what I was up to. And she said, I just booked a TEDx. Will you direct me? And I thought, how fun is that? I love TED and I would love to direct you. It'll be like a one woman show. So I worked with our Hunter's analyzed the script and helped her work that through and rehearsed her like I would any other actor in in terms of choreography, where to go, when, when to be still, when to move, and intention. Why are you saying it this way? How are you saying it? When to be silent? And it was really, really fun. And that was it in my mind until she planted the seed that I was really good at this and I should pursue it. So I decided to pursue the art of teaching people how to public speak, how to be on stages, how to book TEDx events. And it's so powerful because although I love my actors, I still work with them and I adore them. It's all about them. When it comes to speakers, it's all about the message. So I get to watch somebody share their important point of view and their very important message with the world and watch that ripple effect happen. And it's incredible.
1: Mm so so much good stuff here and I'm excited to kind of dive into the the synergy of it. So um my husband is an actor. I am not um but have learned a lot about how our worlds can kind of complement and, co- and collide in some ways. And he'll say things to me all the time, if I'm speaking or, or what have you, you know, where were you on and where were you off? And I'm like, huh, what does that mean? You know, but he'll kind of give me those, those techniques and those tips that he's learned along the way. So how have you been able to fuse just your journey of, of dance, choreography, acting, um, studying the art of, of, of creativity and the art of living now into the speaker realm? Well, it's
0: really all about objective and action. You know, if you want somebody to do something, that's your objective. How you get them to do it is the action. And a very simple example, Julie, is if you want your partner to take out the trash, that's the objective. How do you get them to do it? Well, you could nag them, you could bribe them, you could seduce them. So if, if you're not getting what you want, you have to switch your action. And that's the same thing that I do with my actors or my speakers. If you're playing a scene and you're not getting what you want from Your scene partner, you have to change that action up. You have to do something different. And if you're not getting what you want from the audience, for example, their attention, then you better do something to get it. And maybe it means entertain.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. One thing is coming up for me that I can just kind of hear the listeners, um, because I know my community so well. If they're like, I have always wanted to be a speaker, I have always wanted to stand on a stage and share my story, yet I have no idea what that story is. Do you have any tips on how to find that and cultivate that?
0: Absolutely. I think one of the things that can cause paralysis is having a million ideas or having no ideas or thinking you don't have an idea. So I always invite my speakers to write down what makes them happy, what makes them sad, what they're really good at, what they're terrible at, so that all of a sudden you start to flex the muscle of what has meaning to you and it may or may not have to do with your business. It may or may not have to do with the book you wrote. For example, my business is all about elevating people, helping them get onto stages, helping them get onto the big screen, sharing their message, trying to make a a difference in the world by helping these kinds of people. If I were to get onto stage, I would talk about how I had to mourn the loss of my single self when I got married. And that's because I'm really passionate about that. It doesn't have anything to do with my business. It has nothing to do with the book I'm writing. So I think when you start to dig deep about what has meaning to you, that's when you get really juicy content for a big talk.
1: Mm, that's really, really good. Um, and I, I love the idea of, you know, like what makes you happy? What makes you sad? What makes you angry? What makes you frustrated? Um, and really kind of diving into those and and finding the nuggets there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because it's different for
0: everyone. And I say this all the time. If you want to do a talk about the earth being round, that's not new information, but the way you do it will be. Mm, That's good.
1: My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. Business for sponsoring the show. Another challenge that I know I see people have and that you have seen speakers have as well is um, maybe they have the idea, they have the story, they've crafted the keynote or the message and they spent time with that, but they don't know who to get in front of or how to get in front of their ideal audience. What are some of your your tips or what you have seen that has worked in really cultivating and finding the right audience for your message? It all starts with putting yourself out there. And that means
0: on Facebook. It means doing Facebook lives. It means writing articles. It means being very active in participating in your life as a speaker. Lead with, I'm a speaker. I'm an author. I'm an entrepreneur. Lead with it. If that's what you want to do, you have to start owning that. And then the more you put yourself out there saying I'm a speaker, the more people start to get to know that. And simple things, you can you can literally open a profile on speakerhub.com right now. It's for free and they will start to send you speaking engagements that match what your profile is. You can also start to ask other speakers. If you ever need somebody to cover for you because you're under the weather or you you can't make a certain event, please know you can always count on me. That's a really good way to get onto the speaking circuit. Um, Also, find out where other people are speaking and reach out to those organizers. You can also reach out to TEDx organizers. We want you to reach out to us, we want you to follow us on social media. I love when speakers reach out to me and say, Hey, I see that you're doing Speakers Who Dare. It's a new speaking platform. How do I get on it? What do I do? And if they're really, really sincere about it, they'll start following me on social media and commenting on things that I'm posting and creating a relationship with me. And that's what you have to do. You have to cultivate the relationship and then you'll begin to speak on stages.
1: Mm. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about um, performance anxiety. Um, I think a lot of people they tend to, it's mindset, a lot of it, and they tend to start to psych themselves out about the idea of potentially speaking in front of an audience or sharing their message and having it judged or perceived one way or another. How have you, and I mean, throughout your years of dancing and and just being an artist, I mean, you've had to, face this a lot, I'm sure. And even just that idea of performance anxiety, the the anxiety of not being enough, the anxiety of rejection, the anxiety. How do you navigate that? And then how do you teach those um, that you work with now to to not let that keep you from letting your light shine? When I was dancing, I had
0: severe stage fright. I was very, very nervous the whole day leading up. And so I had to I had to create a system, a practice that worked for me because the act of performing and the the art of owning the audience, the moment I walked out onto that stage was so worth the nerves and the sick stomach and the sweating that led up to it. So I had to create a system for myself, which was eat the same thing, make sure I'm really warmed up and stand alone in the corner Beforehand, There was no socializing. There was no talking to anybody. People knew that when it was time for me to go on, they had to leave me alone. And that was the system I needed. Create a system that works for you. If you like to be social and to run around and to be active and to not think about it before you go on stage, then do that. But figure out what it is that you need that will set you up for success every single time. The other thing is to not worry about what people are going to think, because some people are going to love you and some people are not. And that doesn't matter. If you reach one person, then you've done your job. If you
1: reach one person, then you've done your
0: job. That's
1: so good. Um, I want to talk about Speakers Who Dare for a moment. And I, I first just want to chat about that, t- that title. Um, why did you decide to, to name it Speakers Who Dare?
0: I am a very daring human being and woman. I have lived um, my life making really bold choices. Uh, so I decided that I would create an event where speakers are on the stage saying what we are thinking. And the platform is much larger than speakers who are um, talking about important ideas. It's also to create a conversation about what it means to be a daring speaker, including speaking up for somebody on the subway if you see something wrong, including speaking out about things that are really important to you, including giving yourself and others the voice they deserve so that we can make an impact in the world. That's why Speakers Who Dare is so important to me. Mm.
1: And then when it comes to that, that moment of stepping into it or that action, if you will, um, what are the key components do you, have you found that, that make someone not only have the ability to speak, but actually create impact and create change? The first thing is really understanding
0: the context. That's the why is this idea important? The second, why is this important this idea important to you? And the third, why is this idea important to the world? When you understand the context behind your idea, then it will have the kind of impact that you want. And an example of that is Kristen Smedley, who came to me two and a half years ago with the dream of taking a TEDx stage. I had not even begun to um, have the license of TEDx Lincoln Square. I was just working with her. And she said, I want to do a talk about retinal disease because two of my three children were born blind. She started a foundation. She'd been talking about this for 16 years. She'd raised tons of money. She was super successful and really had this dialed in. But at our first session... I talked to her for two hours and got all the answers I needed. I said, Kristen, this talk is not about retinal disease. This talk is about how you learn to see the world differently through the eyes of your children. And then it became global. Then it became much more impactful because A, if you don't have kids, you can still think about what it means to see the world through someone else's eyes. And B, if you don't have blind kids, you can still think about what it it is to look through someone else's eyes. So that's the kind of global impact I'm talking about.
1: Oh, that's so good, and I, I love how it. You know, initially what we may think maybe the idea of you know, well, I want to talk about this strategy or this you know this nonprofit or this thing that I'm really excited about that I want to change lives within pulling you know peeling the onion back and like you know where where is the the magic underneath all of that that really drives the passion? I think that that's Absolutely. amazing, and I, I love that story of how you were able to find that after just being with her and talking with her for those two hours. Um, let's, I want to dive more into speakers who dare, because I I know that there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast that, that want to be a speaker and for whatever reason, you know, they, they just haven't uh, stepped into that. What would be, um, the first step within speakers who dare or how, how do you kind of help them take that first step? Um, and, and with working with you through, through that? Well,
0: speakers who dare is not directly related to me as somebody who coaches speakers. It's the platform that i created. It's the show basically that I put on. Um, and I was, TEDx executive producer of TEDx Lincoln Square for two years and decided that I wanted to have my my creative control. So I started Speakers Who Dare so I can produce it the way I want. And so it's that is by application. You apply in September and then I curate the show and I go through the applications and make sure that there's a diversity of idea and a diversity of speaker. Um, in terms of taking the first step to becoming a speaker, it's really understanding that when you decide to talk about the important ideas, the important, what, what matters to you and that you can make a difference in the world. That's the first step. And once you understand that and really dig into that, then your fear will drop away. Your desire will overpower it and you'll find a way to get onto that stage. So I think that, for your audience, if you've got an important thing to share with the world, you have to because if you don't, it's being selfish,
1: <laughs> and it's
0: really it's it's your responsibility to share that important idea so that other people can be changed.
1: Hmm. That's a great way of putting it. Um, before we wrap this up, I want to ask you a question: What does influence mean to you? I love
0: this question, Julie. Influence means when you are your best self. And you have stepped into what it means to be fully engaged, fully authentic, and you show up. Whatever you share with the world will have influence
1: somehow. That's beautiful. Thank you for that and for your perspective. I love hearing um, everyone's perspective on that word because it can mean so many things to so many people. Yeah. Um, So, Trisha, where can we find out more about your work about your coaching about what you offer and how we could potentially be a part of that um, if we want to dive more into to that and your
0: podcast as well. Sure. Well, the Big Talk with Trisha Brooke is on iTunes and it was just uh, listed as the 100 Outstanding iTunes of t- uh, Podcast of 2019, which is super exciting. And you can also find me on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. And if your listeners want to get in touch with me, you can find me at trisha at com.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your wisdom and your unique perspective on speaking and how we can step more into that and cultivate that and most importantly, take action on it. So thank you so much for that. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Julie. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the influencer podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right. I will see you again. Same time, same place next week. Next time on the influencer podcast.
0: I know it's not hard, but try and focus on what makes you excited about the platform versus what sucks about the platform. Um, There's a quote that I really love by Dan Sullivan, and it goes something like, you can either be creating or complaining, but never both at the same time. So um, obviously, it's really good to get crystal clear on what category you're falling into, what it is, what is it that you're doing? Because if you're spending too much time being upset with the app, you're not going to have a positive experience on it, period.